Hi, and welcome to the Saxophone Academy podcast. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace, and on this week's episode, I chat with my co-host, Dr. Susan Fancher, about learning new music and how to do it most efficiently. We check out a new CD by the Donald Center Quartet called Collider. I chat about one of my favorite products this year, and we also answer some of your questions. And we have a question, or favor rather, to ask from you. Over the past seven months, Sue and I have been both humbled and grateful to reach an audience in over 60 countries, and we'd like to help more saxophonists reach the podcast. So if you could, if you have a second, please do go to iTunes and leave us a quick review. Uh, Just a couple of words if you find this podcast useful. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Testing, testing, testing. Testing. Are we, is is the microphone on? I think the microphone's on. You were gardening? I was gardening this morning, yeah. It took about five minutes to be completely soaked in sweat because oh, it is so stinking humid out there. And it's not even that hot. It's like <laughs> no, the 80s like, here in North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, but like, it looks, you look at your phone and you look at those numbers and the little sunshine. Oh, it looks nice. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. I'm going to go play. And then you go outside. And then my. It's like walking into a sauna. My, my <laughs> knee sweat has knee sweat. It's terrible. Woo. But anyway. You've been working? Yeah. You've been practicing? Yeah, a little bit. Not yeah. very much. Most, mostly teaching. <laughs> I have been teaching a few lessons, but also not a lot this summer. So it's been nice. That's good. I've been taking a break. I remember thinking about stuff. Does that count? Yeah. What what you thinking about, Sue? I'm thinking about uh, music that I'm going to play next year. Have you made any decisions or have any? Well, I like this Dorothy Chang piece, New Stories. I like it a lot. So I'm going to play that again. And then I'm going to play this new piece by, well, it's not new, but Graham Fitkin. It's new to me. His piece called Gate for Soprano Sax. Does he have one called Tantrum? Or did I make that up? Uh, Stacey Garrett has a piece called Tantrum. That's what I'm thinking. That's a pretty cool Gate, piece, too. The, yeah, yeah. But Gate is by Graham Fick, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of rhythmic and Yeah. Kinda, I, mm, I heard that a million yeah. years ago. Yeah. It's not a new piece. Yeah. But it's, it would be new to me, though. So that would be fun. Cool. Any yeah. any transcriptions? Any old? Are you going to dig back in the time machine? Well, I am going to do a performance at my church in yeah. Greensboro together with Brent Davis, actually. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, the Vivaldi Concerto that Dave Camwell arranged for two saxophones and keyboard. Is that what you recorded with him? One of the pieces we recorded, okay, so yeah. Dave Camwell, who teaches, where does he teach? In uh, Can- Troy, Alabama. Dave Troy Camel? University, Dave Camwell. Yeah, a couple years ago. I thought he was ago. in Canada land. No, he moved. He's, he's no he's longer down Canadian? He's in Alabama now. He went from way north to way south, man. Are you living in Alabama? Yeah. And My his wife, wife, Jill, is oh, the wow. oboe teacher there. So they got like saxophone and oboe gigs there at the same time. I was school. about to make a joke, but the thing is, we just complimented on the last episode, we complimented Alabama because we had a listener question from Alabama. Yeah. So go Alabama. Go Alabama. Yeah, well, so that's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be working on that. I like playing Baroque music. I do too. It's really good for your playing because if you play mm-hmm. that with a bad articulation or a bad sound or out of tune, yeah. it just sounds so bad you can't stand it. Whereas sometimes some of the saxophone music we play, yeah. eh, you know, you can kind of get away with it. It doesn't destroy the music. But if you play, yeah. <laughs> if you play badly on Vivaldi or Bach, I, I mean, it's just sad. So That's true. Free it. jazz and everything. Like, you know, I really like the emotion they're getting at, but oh, that tone. John Zorn's tone. I know, anything, right? Like, or something with the, the the classical side, like, oh, you know, that multiphonic. It just, I think the tone could be. I know what you mean, but Baroque really illuminates. Totally. What the intro and outro music to this podcast is actually Marcello Sonatas. I had a I question. I was wondering what that was. They are, I transcribed all six cello sonatas for saxophone. Get out. And continuum, uh, harpsichord and bass. And I recorded them all. Awesome. Um, and that's what that is. And that illuminated a lot. 
Are those recordings available, Wally? They are not, but I'm going to make the transcriptions available. I'm actually working awesome. on an arrangement for two saxophones. No way. So you can do it like uh, two altos, alto and tenor. Let's do it. Alto and a barrel. We'll play it. In a barrel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> two bats and a monkey. I'm going to arrange it for everything. <laughs> you could do it like a, like a, a goat and a jug. Whatever nice. you want. Nice. That'll be awesome. So, but, but while we're recording <laughs> that, that really like anything that's not great and you're playing, playing Ooh. Baroque music and recording it will... Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had a great time. So I actually did um, get a harpsichord and a, and a, he's, I think, the co-principal of the Winston-Salem Symphony, the bass player, a dear friend of mine, Cody Rex. Yeah. We recorded that, and it was such a blast. Fantastic. But preparing for that, it was like you say, like if there's, <sighs> you, can't, you can't fake anything. Yeah, when I was working on Hilary Tan's Concerto Chaque for soprano sax, oh my gosh, you know, I couldn't practice it for hours and hours a day. So I found, and it was kind of in the key of B, Neighborhood of B, okay. Yeah, like my B, so yeah. concert A, so my B. So I found a flute sonata by Bach mm. in the key of A, put it up a step for a soprano sax, and practiced that a lot because it was really good for my playing. Did and you then do I that sung, by sight, putting up a step? No, I you, put it in the computer. You did yeah. it, or did you pay one of the lackeys? No, that one I actually got my husband marked to nice. do Nice. <laughs> I like to pay poor graduate students to do that kind of That's stuff. That's a good thing to do, yeah, yeah. yeah. With those Marcello, I, I think that was one of the things I just, like, put out a, a Facebook thing like, hey, any compose, composition students want to do finale work? And they're like, I got like Are 50 messages I, like, I'll do it for free. I'll do it for less than free. I'll pay you to do it. Not well, really. But not I mean, really, they, they worked for cheap. Well, Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Because if they're working on learning finale, they need the experience. Yeah, and I didn't have to do it. And that was the coolest part. Yeah, because yeah, if you don't do finale like often, it's just such a hard program yeah. to come back and remember how to use every time. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> oh, my so gosh. the Vivaldi that you did with um, with um, Dave Campbell and you're yeah. going to do with Brent and Church, um, is that available? Is it that is. It's Published by, how do you say this, Wally? Janae Music, Jeannie, Janae, I think they say, publications, J-E-A-N-N-E with an accent? I think. I but think if you're published. in Jersey, it's Janae. Janae. And if uh, you're down south, it's Ginny. Ginny. A lot Vivaldi, Janae. <laughs> But it is published, so Vivaldi and I can't I'll put remember. A link in the, if I can find it, I'll yeah, put a link in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the information. So I'm excited for that CD yeah. to come out. So we'll, oh, yeah, it looks like sometime. We'll share that CD yeah. when it comes out. Yeah. And I'll just, I mean, because we know Dave yeah. and I know you. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask permission. I'm just going to put lots of samples. Oh, yeah. I'm so, sure it's fine. I don't even, it's for use. It's fine. Exactly. It's for educational purposes. There you go. Exactly. And I'm using air quotes on education. Right. So speaking of humidity. Oh, <laughs> We're talking about industry <laughs> news. Nice this is not there. <laughs> very brand news. And to the people, my my friends that listen, you, they've already heard me rant on about this enough that they're going to kill me. But I wanted to talk a little bit about a product that I ah. discovered one year ago, almost to the day. Ah. And it's by a company out of Seattle called Key Leaves. Key and the reason leaves. this is so important I want to talk about again is, once again, in, um, in Greensboro, North Carolina, where we live, the humidity is it's unbelievable. Um, it's really... My fish are complaining. It's yeah. awful. I mean, I we should look up what it is, but it's definitely over ninety. Oh, it's terrible! It's yeah. always terrible. I mean, it's really and humid. and I, I joke we do have four distinct seasons in Greensboro. Yep, and they're all humid. Yes, um, even our winters seem yes. to be humid. You can have snow on the ground, and in Greensboro, it's going to be humid, which means sticky keys. 
are yes. horrible. And this sounds like a commercial. Here. I want to make perfectly clear. I strongly endorse this product. You will see me on the product website because I can't shut up about it. I'm not paid by the product. I get no money from the product because I want to support this product. So this is not a paid advertisement at, there you go. at all. But this is a product that I really know about. Heartfelt um, endorsement. And so they, they do fix one of the biggest annoyances, especially for teachers of beginning students on these Yamaha or Vito beginning saxophones. Yeah. Seems like the, because the spring tension is always a little... Not great on right. some of these beginner horns. Um, this fixes sticky keys. Awesome. And so way this works is it's a little strap of silicone with two leaf-shaped wedges. Now, these are the Key Leaves is the name of the company. They're out of Seattle. It's a family-owned company. The owner and inventor is a dude named Rulon Brown. He's a saxophonist, and he's a saxophone nerd <laughs> like us. He just loves Yay. everything about the saxophone, and he's kind of obsessed with... Um, the not only the functioning but cleanliness and hygiene of saxophone. He's just a real methodical, thoughtful guy. Cool. So Key Leaves is the company, and these are the Key Leaves key props. I will put a link in the show notes. Once again, not paid. I just really this fixed one of the biggest annoyances in my life. So I will sing it from the rooftops. There you go. So it's a uh, it's little silicone props that are shaped like leaves, and they're green like leaves too, <laughs> and they're cute. attached by a band so you can't see it, which is great. So number one, you put these under your E flat and low C sharp keys on your saxophone. And so those are the two bottom keys that stay closed. And yeah. any key on the saxophone that stays closed, meaning the spring holds it in the closed position when it's in the case, those are ones that get sticky. Yeah. They rot, they start to mold, and then they start to stick. And they that G-sharp key, oh, yeah. unlike, um, now the E-flat is a direct lever. You press it and, and sheer force, a fulcrum and lever prop that key open. Right. G-sharp is opened by string, spring tension alone, which right. is why that's the bane of our existence yes. in humid weather. the G-sharp key. Yes, and in young <laughs> students, it seems like no matter what you do, that G-sharp key sticks like crazy yeah. on those student instruments because the spring is weaker and maybe those young students don't have the best of saxophone hygiene. They it's don't possible swab. they don't swab every time. Yeah, and they it's, drink little juice boxes and then possible. play and yeah, it's, it's nauseating. I can't think about it. I'm going to throw up just thinking about <laughs> Stop it. it. But so these prop under your low E-flat and your low C-sharp key, and when you prop open your low C-sharp key, not only does it allow those open to air dry, which is great because the pads will last longer, when you prop open your low C-sharp key, it automatically opens your G-sharp key, which means, right. so you prop these under, they're super easy, and at first I was weary, it's like, I don't want to push things under my keys right. and this is going to break it. They're soft, super squishy. I'm yeah. demonstrating right now. Yep. You can't see it. <laughs> it's not that I'm incredibly strong, it's that these are incredibly <laughs> squishy as I bend these. And listen closely, you can hear them squeak. No, they don't. They're completely silent. <laughs> so you prop these under the keys, and you can jam in there. They're soft enough they don't bend the keys. Yeah. And then that opens that G-sharp key once you open the C-sharp. So all those three closed keys are automatically open. Yep. They dry, and then it, it has actually fixed my sticky keys. Yay. I sound like a commercial. I'm not paid. I don't care. And hey, if, it's a good product. It you're, really you're excited is. About and it. this has fixed my sticky keys. I've been using these for one year. And the reason I thought about it now was not because I have like one year anniversary of saxophone accessories. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, oh, bay ligature. It's been two years. Another glass of wine, my friend. I'm not like that. But the reason I thought about these and I wanted to talk about these today was over the 4th of July weekend, I was, or that time period, I was practicing. I was doing some work, uh, getting ready to do my overtone demonstration on video for the podcast listeners. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a little while. But anyway, I put my I, Erica, my wife, called me because the children were setting something on fire. Oh, that's bad. Or doing something that opened a <laughs> gate to an alternate dimension. Uh, <laughs> something had happened. The kids had done something, and she needed me. And so I basically just had to set my saxophone on the stand and go. Go help, yeah. I didn't use my key leaves. Well, and I had no. a couple days where the family were doing stuff, and so like two or three days later, as summer goes, I was yeah. having to practice. I picked up my saxophone, 
and I went to go play my, uh, I believe it was my D flat, no, my B scale, my low B scale was just doing my warm up, and something went wrong. Yeah. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I have not experienced a sticky G sharp in one year. Hey because there. I've been using these things religiously. Um, and then I realized, oh, I forgot to put my key leaves in when I put yeah. my saxophone up, and they stuck, and it was horrible. There you go. And I, and I, and I immediately wrote a note. And I said, forgive me, Rulon, for I have sinned. Yes. It's been four <laughs> long days since last season. My key leaves and my G-sharp sticked, and I propped it back open, and I've been using it since. Yeah. And, well, they're not in my horn right now because I'm showing Sue. So right now yeah. my G-sharp's getting sticky, uh, and that's causing me anxiety. Need to go? <laughs> no. And so... Those are those sound awesome. I haven't tried them. I will get you a set. Great. I will. Uh, when's, yeah. your, when's your birthday, Sue? It was in June. In June. Oh no. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Well, I'm going to give you a belated birthday okay. gift. I'm going to buy you I'll some key it. leaves because <laughs> once again, I could probably pull some strings. I need another one for a review. No, no. I'm going to buy it because I want to support uh, this company. No, well, I could buy it. And it's a family company. No, no. This is my gift to you because oh, I won't shut up about nice. these things. Um, family company out of Seattle. They're made of silicone. They and because it silicone is, I forgot the the term. It's like an inert chemical compound. It doesn't interact chemically with any finish or any right. part of your horn, which right. is why like they can make. If they're safe enough for Dolly Parton, they're safe enough for <laughs> your saxophone. <laughs> is the way I think about it. That's my joke, not Keeley's. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it just doesn't. It's they're very soft and they don't mess up your horn and at all. And it fits in the case just fine. Yes, and that's a beautiful thing. And so, yeah. like, it, when they close the case, it goes nowhere near the Keeley's. Yeah. And like I said, it, having having talked and chatted with Rulon, the owner, he's the kind of guy that. He, he, he nerds. He yeah. really thinks about that. So I he actually see. did um, year-long research where he documented, like, took like time-length pictures of a saxophone. He got two brand new Selmer saxophones, played one, uh, to both of them for a year, and then used one with, with key leaves for a year and one without. And the amount of pad rot and gunk, and he didn't swab either horn for a year. Oh my god! I think gosh. he actually ended up getting like a yeast kind of thing in his mouth or something bad right? happened on the, on the yeah. non-cleaned horn. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't have a resistance like my sixth grade students. Right. <laughs> they're, they're immune. They can fight off death if uh, necessary. You should swab out your horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and the, but the time like I mean, it actually showed like how it keeps the, the pads yeah. not getting that moldy Interesting. ring. Interesting. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking. So about. because yeah. of this humidity, because this is apropos, I had horrible key stick because I forgot to use my key yeah. leaves. So how they're They're cheap. Uh, they're they're less than a box of reeds, and they'll last. I, I have to believe they'll last a lifetime. They also they rotate on their little band, so they fit almost. I mean, any maker model of horn. And right. they actually detach. Watch, um, you can't see, but Sue's eyes are going to go wide here in a second. They How pop cool off. Is that? So, on the baritone saxophone, because the band isn't quite long uh, enough for the giant baritone saxophone, but you can pop them off. Take the leaf off. Take the leaf off, pop it, it the under key. the baritone saxophone, and then just pop them back on or whatever. Cool invention. Yeah. I'm, I'm, these, I'm a big fan of these, especially if you live in a humid climate. Yeah. It's just something I, I think you need. Yeah. Didn't need these so much in Arizona because you quit playing and immediately everything was, yeah, was right. dry. <laughs> everything. Your inner <laughs> organs would dry out in Arizona. Yeah. Awesome. So I've been nerding out about that. That's my Yay, industry news cool for today. Now, in the studio. Yes. What did you want to talk about today? You had a well, cool topic. Well, I think so. I think it's something that, that comes up in lessons pretty often and actually for myself. Every time I take a new piece... I just automatically do this now, and it occurred to me that it might be worth talking about because I didn't used to do this. When I go through a piece the first time, I mean, in the olden days when I was a student, uh, you know, yeah. I just try to plow through the thing as, as quickly as I could to yeah. get it over with and all that. But now what I really try to get my students to do, and myself, of course, is to play a piece through the very first time, and the first few times, really, um, slowly... That may be a no-brainer, but slowly, but while I'm playing through it, 
write in what would be the best fingerings to use. Like, uh, if you should use a side B flat or so if this you should is the use first time you're looking at a brand new piece of music. Yeah, so have your pencil ready and already say, ooh, wait, so that you don't play it four or five, six times with not the optimal fingerings. Make sure you play with the optimal fingerings mm -hmm. as soon as possible. So if you play a piece through slowly and say, oh, whoops, oh, wait, side F sharp would be a lot better there. Or, gosh, side C would be a good option there. Side B flat. Or, yeah. oh, I'm going to do that on palm keys or front keys or whatever you need to write in. And also, don't try your best not to miss any notes. Try your best not to play any wrong notes. Go as slowly as you need to to get all the right rhythms and it sounds really tedious, doesn't it? It sounds kind of boring. And get the dynamics if you can, although I worry about those a little less the first yeah, couple yeah. of times. And if you can start thinking about where the phrases are. And now what's a writing, phrase? Yeah, right? And so you don't breathe right in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you could start writing those in. And I find I save so much time in the long run if I'm willing to spend two or three really tedious slow readings through a piece right. and it helps so much you're gonna you're just gonna get to a fast tempo so much faster so that's my advice to everyone opening when you're, that yeah. when you're practicing the first time when you're learning a new piece a new etude or whatever you're working on just mm -hmm. really take the time to go through it slowly right um and being in the year 2019, hmm. um, and if you're listening many years in the future, yeah. uh, after the zombie <laughs> apocalypse and you've got a solar-powered uh, phone that this plays this podcast, uh, right now YouTube is a huge thing. And here's, yeah. have you experienced this problem with your young students? So you have a young student, you assign them the Haydn Sonata or whatever. Yeah. And the first thing they do is go to YouTube and, and search Haydn Sonata. I don't know why yeah. they would have that voice. But, and then they'll get 15,000 <laughs> videos of people playing. Yeah. And here's the problem. Um, the search algorithm does not denote expertise. Right. So you will get 15, 20 recordings, some absolutely horrible, some very mediocre. Right. And you will get, and then I've had the problem with students like, oh, I listened to this, someone playing on YouTube. Well, who? I don't know. You know, right. Jawbone yeah. 47, you know, and right. it's horrible. And yeah. they start to learn it off these YouTube videos yeah. or they use that as a reference recording. Yeah, don't do that. So I'm going to recommend do not go to YouTube. Go to your teacher. Ask and for, ask, yeah. what recordings do you recommend? Or start to develop a list of really good players. Yes. And then go see, well, you know, does this person, you know, does Otis Murphy have a recording of this piece? Yes. You know, look for somebody specific who you know is really good. Does Claude DeLong have a recording and of this piece? And he probably does. Yeah. And he probably does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so go to that list of the, yeah. And then, then go to YouTube and put Claude DeLong. Yeah. Don Sinta. Don Sinta's got great recordings of out the there. Hyde see and if, the you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and think people have illegally ripped those up to YouTube, which yes, we don't recommend. We don't recommend, but, but they're there. I'm tired yeah. of fighting my students on spending yeah. money on stuff. Yeah. So they're going to do it anyway. They're going to do it. Yeah. But yeah, don't listen to, you know, well, sometimes it's nice to listen to, you know, this is probably the wrong term, but Joe Blow's, you know, student recital, because I think that um, if you only listen to like the master recordings, you can start to feel pretty bad about your own playing if you're a student. That's great. So it's good once in no, a while, no. but don't yeah. learn the piece from that. No, it's great to feel bad about your playing. That's how well, you. Is. That's, that's how, how you get better. <laughs> and the words okay. of the words of Dr. Cox from the old TV series Scrubs: "The minute you quit hating your body, you've lost the battle." Talking yeah, about staying in shape, exactly. you know, it's like it's a terrible way to live. Right. At the same time, speaking of Otis Murphy. Yes. Whatever limited success I think I've had as a, especially a concert saxophonist, um, I think I play better than my intelligence level. 
I will say that for me. <laughs> I can't change a shower head, but I, I got reasonably good at classical saxophone. I think part of the reason I was able to, this sounds braggy, I don't mean that way, but whatever, I've gotten to a certain level where I'm not that horrible anymore. Uh, when I was a freshman, I was attending uh, a large state university, and there was a senior there named Otis Murphy. No way! He was a senior when I was a freshman. Oh. And I would just okay. went to my local state university. He was a senior there. We were both natives of Georgia. Yeah. And... I would sit outside his practice room and listen to him practice. Yeah. And I didn't know he would be one of the greatest in the world. I just thought like, oh, that's what seniors sound like. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so knowing that that was what I my perceived standard was, yeah. I didn't accept poor intonation. There I didn't accept bad tone. I didn't accept my low B not speaking. I didn't accept my altissimo not coming out. I didn't accept yeah. missed notes because I thought like, well, that's the standard. So yeah. not knowing he would go on to like win runner up and Denant and yeah. these huge international competition. Yeah, to be one of the finest, yeah. most elegant I didn't know that. I just thought, on the planet. I just thought, yeah. oh, this is a senior. I better. Well, that's great. So, <laughs> yeah, so in okay, a sense, so go listen to the good recordings because I think <laughs> listen to the good recordings, but realize that you know um, a lot of my students love Arno Bornkamp. I think he's yeah. dynamite. Yeah, and he's got a lot of recordings of the standard works. You're, yeah, you're handed which is super helpful. I think it's good to listen to that and don't think like, oh, well, I don't need to sound like that because I'm not that good. He's just a dude. Yeah. He's yeah. got he's got a tongue, teeth, couple yeah, of lungs, as far as I know. Yep. Um, He's a person, He's you're got, a person, you yeah. can do it, you can and learn to do it. And just set that, yeah. and if yeah. you don't sound like that, just set that as the, what you want to sound yeah. like. Amen. And then oh, I think the good. closer you get to that example, and with jazz transcription, I like the two. So I think, yeah. I know what you mean, but here it doesn't hurt every now and then to pull up Joe Schmo's recital yeah. on YouTube. They're <laughs> like, all right, I'm doing okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe if you need a little boost. It's always good to watch our, our peers crash and burn. And then, and then the German have the word schadenfreude, which means to take pleasure yeah. in the displeasure of others. Yeah. And that's great. And isn't that what art's about, Sue? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. In the same vein, um, when learning jazz pieces, I think the same thing. Look up the recordings. Um, but here's, uh, I have a recommendation, and this was not my idea. This is what someone smarter than me, an old creaky crackety man, told me. I know Wally, who this is. Wally, he said. <laughs> I said, yeah, Chad Eby. He said, Wally, here's what you got to do. <laughs> when you're learning a standard, don't immediately go to see if has John Coltrane recorded this? Oh, has right. this <laughs> New York uh, hip cat recorded this? Right. See, has uh, Ella Fitzgerald sung it? Oh yeah, there you go. See, has right on, and and sh that's just a great place to start because if it, Ella has done it, it's going to swing. It's going to have great feel. It's not going to be overly flashy. The phrases are going to be. It perfect. will likely be in a different key than you'll learn it yeah. eventually, but it's a great way to learn the standard, the phrasing, as you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Learn the inflection and and possibly equally important, learning the lyrics. I found when I learn jazz standards, if I know the lyrics, I can memorize the tune much more quickly. Sure, and it's more meaningful, It too. is. Yeah. When the moon is shining brightly on the Wabash. That's Indiana, right. which then became Donna Lee. You know, the chord changes. Yeah, learning right. the lyrics actually really helps me remember the line and the chord changes. And if anyone has perfect pitch out there, uh, stuff it, because I know I didn't sing the right pitches. <laughs> there you go. But and then, and then I also learned that Sue, the Wabash is a river in Indiana. Right. And had I not listened to Ella and Frank you Sinatra sing that, that, I would have never known that. Because that's how uh, we grow. I used to play along with the Barbara Streisand recordings just oh, to yeah? try to match her phrasing. She has beautiful Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just fantastic. Yeah. Total perfectionist, just like Ella Fitzgerald. Well, there you go, kids. Yeah. There's a collect there Barbara Streisand records. But she didn't do any, like, Creston Sonata scat or anything like that. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. I used to know my friends were doing the classics in Chicken Box. 
What? That kind of works, actually. Yeah, you're like, Wally, please stop. Okay, we've gotten a far... I don't think we have. (laughs) So when you start a piece, so you you have your pencil ready. You mark in fingerings, things like that. You start really slow. Don't play wrong notes. Will you go through the entire movement like that, or will you start to work on a phrase and speed up the phrase before you get to the next one? I will work through the entire piece like that the first time. Unless I just burn out, because it's tedious. Oh, sure. So if I get into it a little ways and I don't want to get to the end, then I'll quit and pick it up again the next day. Um, I usually go back and start from the beginning again, which is probably not a good idea. Yeah. I probably should go where I left off. But, you know, if you're in the mood to then work a section, sure. If it's if You have to kind of go with your own psychology, right? Right. So if you're the kind of person that wants to do a page... So go through it really slowly, write in all the fingerings, and go back through and do that page again. Right. And then, But don't play any wrong notes. Aww. Write in any accidentals that you need to. So. Just don't play wrong notes. All right, fine. Because here's the thing. If you never played a wrong piece while you're learning a piece, any wrong notes while you're learning a piece. Never play a wrong piece <laughs> while you're <laughs> ah, learning notes. That's a whole other topic. Never play <clears throat> a wrong piece. We'll get to that another Saxophone day. Saxophone <laughs> advice you have given. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't play any wrong notes while you're learning a piece, you're never going to play wrong notes. That's true. Right? And but it's wor- tedious because we, we all want to this- go faster than we can, right? <laughs> and we were talking about this before we were rolling tape or hard drive or whatever. <laughs> There's something horrible about learning a wrong note yeah, and then having to change it once it's ingrained, Oof. once you've actually yeah. built those neural strands in your brain and yeah. actually... That's terrible. Well, and sometimes in in certain kinds of music where there's tons and tons of accidentals, like in a lot mm-hmm. of that French standard stuff, you know, the Creston Concerto, you know, there's like ten thousand accidentals everywhere. Sometimes you miss one, you don't mean to play yeah. the wrong notes. You do your best. I mean, we're human. And then, like a year later, you're like, wait a minute, I've always played a B natural there. I never, re- I never noticed it was a B flat. Uh-huh. And <laughs> yeah. unlearning it is so it's really hard. hard. Yeah. It's re- it, yeah. That's why I would never drive in a foreign country. I've been driving too long in America. Oh yeah, it's and hard so to look. Then the other switching way. to a right-hand drive yeah. car, I would it would be vehicular tough, homicide yeah. in very short order. Yeah. Anyway, it's hard. But to try that. Stuff. If you try that next time you take up a new piece, just try to power through the first two times at least slowly, right in the right fingerings, and then do them when you learn the piece. You know, send me a, a message and let me know if that works for you. For me, that just saves me so much time in the long run. If I were smarter when I was young, I would have learned pieces a lot quicker. Because yeah, I spent same. way too much mind unlearning where I would blaze through it, oh, yeah. try to get it fast, go into my lesson, and my teacher would say, well, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's course, wrong. yeah. And it had already, like, built in the muscle memory. Wrong. Right. And that was not fun. Same. Guilty. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so there, that's my word of advice yeah. in the studio. And Beautiful. it doesn't change when you're a pro either. You got to do the same thing. You get a brand new piece of music, Wally, don't just speed through it. No, here's the thing. Now that I'm older, <laughs> I pay other people to do it for me. <laughs> so I find those graduate students, you know, that doctoral student, and I say like, hey, want to earn 15 bucks? Learn this for me. <laughs> How's it working for you, working Wally? Working smart. Good. Oh, good. Yeah, especially because I don't play this stuff anymore. But <laughs> So they can do it. Wait, I should quit paying so them. <laughs> so we got a cool recording in. Yeah. A very fine saxophonist by the name of... Hold on, I'm pulling up my show notes. I actually know his name, but I'm pulling up all... <laughs> make sure I have it. <laughs> Dan Grazer. Dan. Sent me a, a CD recording, um, and he is part of the... Don Sinta. I think, do they go by Don Sinta Quartet or just Sinta Saxophone Quartet? Donald Sinta. Donald Sinta Saxophone Quartet or quartet. probably Donald Sinta Quartet. It's Donald Sinta Quartet. Yeah, a lot of people just lop the saxophone yes. now here, out. Now here, here's yeah. a really interesting Brand thing. Brand new CD. Brand new CD. It's called Collider. 
notes. <laughs> oh, they're sitting on the printer. So, um, <laughs> hold on. That was not a cut in the recording. I, I did not just run to my printer and press pause. I honestly no, you don't. So do the, that. the Donaldson to Quartet. Now here's an interesting thing. Yes. On soprano is Dan Grazer. On alto, Zach Stern. On tenor, Joe Girard. And on baritone saxophone, Danny Hawthorne Foss. All right. Now what you'll notice there, none of them are named. Donald Senta. Right. <laughs> so if you're looking for a quartet, including Donald Senta, you're going to be sorely disappointed. This is not it. This is not it. <laughs> um, but why were they called the Donald Senta Quartet? Well, they studied with Donald Senta. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, they were all students of Donald Senta at the University of Michigan, the famed um, saxophone pedagogue. Yep. One of the big American icons of saxophone pedagogy. Indeed. And uh, this is a quartet that has won many competitions. Yeah. We're talking, we're talking yeah. like Fischoff. Stellar. We're talking Coleman. Yeah. We're talking, there. I think they're 2013 Concert Artist Guild first prize winner. And that's nice. a big deal. That's, that's in, a big deal. In New York City. Right. And then, you know, competing against them fancy string players. I know, right? Them fancy vocalists. Yep. All sorts of stuff. Um, yep. And I believe they also got first place senior wins category of the M Prize, the 2017 M Prize. And that's nice. in Michigan. Yeah. Which, if there's one win category, I don't think that means they won the giant cash prize. Right. Which means we don't borrow money from them yet. <laughs> but the Monin Frogs did. So uh, I keep yeah. I keep asking our friend Andy for, uh, yeah. for a, a, just a little loan, five, 10 grand. I mean, geez. You guys want a ton of money. But, right. Yeah. So this quartet <laughs> is for highly virtuosic yes. players. These these are. These guys can play the saxophone. Holy cow, they holy know the cow. saxophone. And I also get the feeling that when you listen to the quartet, um, we'll talk about some of the literature in a minute. Some of these pieces are very technically. Oh, yeah. There's some hard music. Challenging. A lot of notes in there. Yeah. And they absolutely nail it. It is technically. Outstanding, yeah. Um, and they play very well together. I got the feeling these are, are these are chaps that play a lot together, yeah. Really know each other, and they communicate very well on this incredibly difficult yeah, music. It's really tight. And yeah. apparently, they always play from memory. Nice. Which uh, so number one that tells me they don't have children. I'm, I'm, kid, I'm kidding. I make excuses. I should check that. It might be true. I make, I make excuses because, like, I, ain't nobody got time for that. I, I the amount of dedication, I'm really oh, like. Oh, the time it takes to memorize hats that repertoire. off Holy to these cow, guys. Totally. And, and if they had memorized this CD, which according to their bio, they wow. memorized whenever they perform, hats off. To, I'm right. sure they had music in front of them as oh, a reference. Gosh, I would but hope so. um, hats off to them because, like, that is a work ethic and dedication, and it yeah. shows in their technical prowess. Yeah. For surezies. And they are all yeah. absolute masters of the instrument, except one of them. I'm Wally. kidding. No, I'm kidding. Let them fight among themselves. Which one is it? No, they're all absolutely awesome. I won't play mind games as fun as, as, as it would be. So you really liked a particular piece. Yeah, there was on one this. piece. I mean, there's a lot of really good music on this CD, but there was one piece that uh, really like kind of popped out off the CD to me, if that's something you can say. And it's yes. this piece called Red Pine by Kristen Custer. if it's age or just getting jaded or being pickier i don't know what it is but it isn't very often anymore that a piece of music really jumps out and screams wow play me to me right. you know, where there's a piece where i'm like wow i really want to get my hands on that music and and play it and this one did that for me so i i emailed the composer you can just go to Kristen custer and it's with k's there's a lot of k's Kristen custer 
both with ks.com. Yeah. And then I, I, she has her email address there, and I emailed her, and she emailed me back like in less than a day and said, oh, glad you liked the piece, and sent me a PDF of the score. No now, way. I don't know if she'll do that to everybody who writes to her, <laughs> but maybe she will. I might just be so, special. Did you say the, the piece name yet? It's Red Pine. Red Pine. Red Pine. And it was written for the, the Donald Sinta saxophone quartet mm-hmm. on the occasion of Sinta's retirement. Right. Yeah. And retirement from the university, not the quartet. Because yes. he never no, played in the quartet. Never, no, it's not. He didn't ever yeah, play okay. in the quartet. But she, she is, I saw on Wikipedia that, that she's actually from Raleigh, North Carolina originally. Kristen uh, Custer. Yeah. She, I believe she lives in Ontario, Canada. Well, she did for a while. Maybe she does now. She teaches composition at uh, University of Michigan. Oh no, never mind. I read this wrong. No, it, but this she, piece was she, inspired while yes, camping. By, yes, exactly. In Ontario, in Canada, in the pine forests of Ontario, Canada, which sounds dangerous. Bears, <laughs> moose, beaver. But it's, it's a gorgeous Canadians. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Are you out there, Dave Camwell? That's yeah. why he moved to Troy, Alabama. It's hard of the Canadian. Jokes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a gorgeous piece, and um, you know, I'm going to play it. Fantastic. If I can talk my quartet into playing it, which well, you're, you're the soprano player. You I don't am. you just say, gentlemen, this, this is, is a really what's good piece, happen. and we're gonna play this, and yeah. they're gonna be like, okay, Sue. Yeah. <laughs> That's what usually happens, actually. <laughs> yeah. And and if they don't want to, you can shame them on the platform that is this podcast. <laughs> I'm not gonna let them on. Right. So you can absolutely do this. Yeah, I agree. This was Beautiful um piece. I think a lot of the modern and this is not a knock on anything else. There's um just to quickly talk about some of the other pieces, there's um Ligeti. On there. Oh, yeah. Um, big monumental composer of classical music. And it's the Six the Bagatelles, Bagatelles. Which oh. were kind of were based off his solo piano work, the music of Rick Ricardo, which yeah. you may know from the Tom Cruise movie, Eyes Wide Shut. Stanley right. Kru- it's not a Tom Cruise movie. It's Stanley freaking Kubrick. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick, which it's this incredibly intense piano yeah. music. And then kind of took that and made it for wind... Yeah, quintet. Wind correct? quintet. Yeah. There's a real. It's really famous in the version for wind quintet. The the bagatelles. Yeah, I, I absolutely. And there's some fantastic recordings. Oh, on there's the a internet gazillion, and this bagatelles. is a saxophone quartet arrangement. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I adore that piece of music, and I think this is it's something great. that get a hold of this arrangement if you can, or if they sell it, buy it. Yeah, and there's there's a published arrangement too, and it's fine. I mean, people complain about oh, they could have this, they could have that. Well, you know, buy the. Buy the one that's for sale and then make some changes to it right. if you want. Or make your own if you really want to. Make your own. But I don't yeah. know. I'm not into it's, reinventing the wheel, personally. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not either. There's, there's way too much good stuff on Netflix yeah. to spend the time <laughs> exactly. redoing yeah. someone else's work just to say, I did it my way. I did it my way. Yeah. Uh, it's such an important piece of music. And nothing sounds like Ligeti. Yeah. And I love it. This, the piece is so yeah. inventive. Yeah. And um, I love that there's um, there's the sketch, Tango Virtuoso, which is yeah. very popular among sax quartets. Yeah, that's fun. a fun little piece. Yeah, Neat. There's Gregory Wanamaker on yep. there, Elegy. Very cool. Um, but I want to talk about the Red Pines, because like you say, there's a lot of new <laughs> saxophone music that I listen to it, and the word I hear interesting among classical saxophones is like, oh, that's interesting. I hear the word interesting a lot. Yeah. And it's not an insult. No. It's not a backhanded or a left-handed it can be, compliment. But as usually the would pe- say. some people mean it that yeah. way. But well, yeah. yeah, yeah. When I tell a joke, my wife will go like, oh, that's interesting. And when, when I used to play some really, you know, crazy modern music, my mom would say, well, that was interesting. Right. And we have a lot of music like that, but this... Um, it wasn't a compliment. The Kristen Custer, the Red Pine, yeah. I thought that's beautiful. It's beautiful. And you could tell it, it felt like... Well, not the bad parts of camping, the good parts of camping in the beautiful woods that she was inspired by. It reminds me of the when we were reviewing the Fuego Quartet, 
um, the Ornithology S. Yeah. And I felt like it was in a David Attenborough film. With yeah. the, this Kristen Custer, I felt the same way. It was truly beautiful. Yeah. And... And it's something special when you hear a piece and you think, I want to play that. I want to play it. I want my audience to hear that music. Yeah, and not just I want to play it so everyone will know how good I am. No, no. Because she um, displays, and I love this um, this quote, a virtuosity of restraint. Yes. And I love yeah. that. And it's so true of this piece, Red Pine. And the playing on this entire city is is world class. Yeah. But this piece really spoke to us. Yeah. And it's not that often I hear a piece of new saxophone music yeah. that I think like, oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. So hats off to her and the quartet for making this sound so good. Yeah. Um, and if you've got a quartet out there and you're looking for just a beautiful piece by a, a living composer, try to get your hands on it. And yeah. I don't think, like, technically it's not terribly difficult. So it's approachable by, like, our amateur adult groups that are out there. Yeah. And, I think you would learn a lot. Groups. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going it, to, I haven't played it, so I can't. Sp- speak about this you know from personal experience but i think this is probably a difficult piece to make sound good right because it's delicate yes but it's not you know that's the kind of thing that amateur adult groups can actually do really well if they don't have the chops yeah. to play something and, super and it's, flashy and i think it's, if you read the program you let the audience know what this is about yeah and let them picture the forests of ontario yeah which is apparently in canada um <laughs> This is a place you could play. That's a piece you could play at a library. It's a piece you could play at a yeah. retirement community. Yes. Um, and I think general audiences would love that. Yeah. Um, title track by a piece by a composer, Roger Zare. Yeah. Um, and it's um, LHC, which stands for, do you know? Large. Large Hadron Collider. Collider. Which is yeah. a sciencey nerd thing. Yeah, for this big thing yeah. that smashes particles together, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, where is that in Bern? <laughs> Switzerland, I in Switzerland, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where so, like, when they open the gate to the the the, the underneath the, the the alternate dimension, the upside down, the upside down. <laughs> I'm, I, season three. Did Stranger you watch things. it? We're middle. Don't no spoilers. Oh, okay. oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> Podcast listeners, I'm halfway through. No spoilers, but it's fantastic. It's great. Yeah, I'm if you're it. not a Stranger Things fan, yeah. you need to go check it out. Yeah, Stranger you Things might not like it, but season three. It's awesome. I'm not. I'm not saying the Collider yeah. caused that, but it oh, could wait, have. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> um, very cool piece. A lot of movements yeah. named after um, Continuum, Quarks, Higgs boson, various, and various nerd things. As Erica from the sh- from season three was like, all right, nerds. I love <laughs> yes. that character. We'll shut up about Stranger Things now. She's great, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of virtuosic playing, a lot of interesting pieces, a truly beautiful piece. Yeah. So check this out. I will put a link yeah. in the show notes. Uh, go to Apple Music and buy it. Yep. If, if you don't have a You can get it any way you get music. That yeah. It's out there. And uh, and support these, these fine young players. Amen. All right. What do we got Woo. going on now? What are we doing next? Oh, we're talking about it's the working pro, Wally. Ah, but we're, it's a, with a spin. We're going to just turn the tables a little bit because we're always talking about what people who are working as professional musicians can do. Yeah. To but they're all on vacation right now. All the pros are on vacation. Well, yeah, you keep asking me like what I'm practicing and I keep going. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, practicing. Yeah, what am I thinking about? Because <laughs> I've been taking time off. Everyone is. <laughs> and being saxophonist, it's we're great. in the Caribbean. Well, he- we're in Fiji. <laughs> we're in first class taking trips to Monte yeah. Carlo. Wait a minute. Is there something I'm I'm missing out on here? <laughs> oh, did you not marry a doctor? Uh, no. Oh, so sorry. Well, yeah. he's got a doctorate. music composition yeah 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 (laughs) well the thing is you know by the end of the school year teachers are burned out completely yeah 
And that, you know, when I was thinking about what would be a good thing to talk about with a working pro, and I got thinking about, okay, how to avoid teacher burnout. And then I thought, well, how about, let's talk about, let's just, in, in a nice way, though, let's talk about how you as a student, if you take lessons, can get the most out of your private lessons. Yes, let's turn the tables. Let's turn the tables. It's not and, our fault. And it's, well, it's okay. This, let's blame the, <laughs> no, but it's seriously, so if there is a working pro listening right now that's not on vacation. Yeah. Because you're saving, you know, your money. Yeah. You're not on vacation right now. This is something you could put in your policies and procedures yeah. To give to your students, to help teach your students to be better students. Yeah, so I think that, you know, what's what's the old saying? The the teacher will when the when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, it's a little bit like that, but here there are some practical things that you can do as a student yeah. to get get the most out of your lessons. And I guess the little preface here is to just remind everybody that teachers are also human and have limited energy and uh, limited, you know. Yeah, limited energy. Yeah. And at some point, you know, the student can kind of help the lessons to go better. Now, the most obvious thing is practice what your teacher told you to practice. Okay, everybody knows that's in an ideal world what you're supposed to do. But here's a little thing. So we all, we all, fail to practice as much as we wish we would or are supposed to. And maybe we don't get to everything our teacher told us to do because life happens or we just had trouble getting motivated because practicing is hard. It is. And, it's se- hard work. and season three of Stranger Things is out now. This is a problem. So it's a big problem. Yeah, it's yeah. a hard, pr- it's a hard problem to find time and energy to mm-hmm. really practice all the stuff you're supposed to. So if you go into your lesson, here's what not to do. Walk into lesson and say to your teacher, Oh, it was a really busy week. I didn't practice. Never do that. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's true. Lie. Lie. Or don't yeah. say anything. Just so, start crying. Yeah. So I, w- when a student comes in and they start in on the all the tests, all the papers, all the blah, 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 I say, stop. Just stop. I don't need to hear that. Mm-hmm. And I say it in a nice way. Yeah, I don't want to hear about all that. Just... Let's just work. Let's get to work. If you didn't have time to practice or didn't manage to prioritize it because other things were kind of crowding it out, I get it. Playing is a long-term project. So a lot of times there isn't immediate gratification from practicing. Nothing gets better immediately, right? And so you feel, just do. I have to do this math assignment that's due tomorrow. So that's very tangible. But getting to be a better musician is such a long-term project. Don't go into your lesson and announce that you haven't practiced. Believe me, it will become apparent soon enough. But if you announce it, it just kind of takes the wind out of the sails of your teacher. Yeah. And it takes them a little longer to just take a deep breath. Okay, it's going to be one of those lessons where I'm going to have to work really hard to, to take small pieces and rip mm-hmm. them apart and practice them here in the lesson, you know, Yeah. because nothing's been done in the practice room during the week. So don't announce it. Yeah, just when go I have, in and fake it. When I have a student <laughs> come in and they say, uh, Dr. Wally, uh, I was really busy this week because I had soccer practice and a test. And I say, look, Johnny, me and dead owls don't give a hoot. Right. You practice, son. If you want a spot in this studio, and then they, they I yeah. make them, you know, yeah. uh, apologize. Uh, forgive yeah. me, Dr. Wally, for I've sinned. has been three months. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like... But I, don't announce don't it, Don't right? announce don't it. Just announce say it. like, I, I wish this were in better shape. I'm going to try my best. Yeah. And you yeah. come in and you, you give it your all. You know, you come into your lesson. If you can warm up a little before your lesson, that yeah. would be great. And come in and just, just you know, try your best. Yeah. 
Instead Try of your best. instead of being like a professional race car driver and just making tons of excuses. Yeah. Yeah. No excuses. I think that's the thing that drives a teacher the craziest. Yeah. Is, I don't hear the excuses. Just like I mean, we can do talk about from the teacher's standpoint. Yeah. You know, what can you do when the student comes in and they haven't practiced? Well, yeah. you can always sight read duets, right? Yes. You can always have them work on their scales. Mm-hmm. You can always take a, a, a couple of phrases of a piece mm-hmm. and really dig into them and, and work through a practice session. Like that's very helpful, actually, sometimes, yeah. you know, to just do that. So, um, yeah, don't come in and announce that you haven't practiced. Oh, you're right. What else? How can they be a better student, Sue? How else can they be a better student? Well, bring candy. <laughs> Ideas. Yeah. Ooh. Bring ideas. So how many times have you as a teacher, you know, said, well, you know, do you have an idea for a piece you want to play next? And you get crickets. Chirp, chirp. So, yeah. you know, take a little initiative, you know, because teachers love that. I love that. If someone comes in, they're like, hey, I heard this piece on, you know, YouTube, and I'm kind of wondering, do you have the music for it? Or how do I get the music? Or or um, do you think it's too hard for me? Or, you know, yeah. if they come in with ideas, that's so fun and so helpful. Yeah. Come in with questions. So if you didn't practice, you know, maybe come in with some questions. Say, well, you know, I've been wondering, you know, about, you know, how I how I could get my hands to feel better on mm-hmm. this passage. Or does my hand position look okay? Or, you know, come in and fake it somehow. Yeah. Or with a fake <laughs> reed knife accident. Yeah. That's what I used to do. Yeah. Try to have a good read. So go through, you know, the mm-hmm. the read the read procedure, so you don't come in with a really lousy read every lesson. Yeah, it happens I, to everybody sometimes. I but. used to warm up in, in the family car when we get to my lesson before, and I put my, my sex one together and actually warm up a little in the car, yeah. in the minivan, the Astro minivan. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think Coming my, warmed up will, will go a long ways to, toward having a, a better lesson. Yeah. I had a grumpy first lesson teacher. Oh. He was a math, I mean, just an amazing musical teacher. I learned tons of lessons. He was not super fuzzy, yeah. and warm and cuddly in his... Um, um, he was my high school band director, Bob Coles. Yeah. Giant heart, giant pedagogue. He was just yeah. an amazing human being that taught me to be a better person, a musician. Nice. Um, but he had this thing that whenever I could, I would hear the student before me in the lessons. And it was someone different because they would quit and get scared because he was he was not super cuddly if you didn't practice or do the work. And whenever anyone would say like, oh, this was really hard for me. And he's like, that you just told me you didn't practice. Whenever It's like your yeah. tell. It's yeah. like your poker tell. Yeah. You know, whenever you say, oh, this is really hard. Oh, this was tricky. Like, well, that tells me you didn't practice it. Yeah. Because um, it's like this telltale kind of reflex action that students say. But yeah. Um, and it is probably going to come up in the lesson, right? I mean, yeah. as you're going and you're not doing very well, you might have to be like, well, I really should have practiced more this week. Right. But, you know, just don't announce it first thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we also notice that sometimes hard is not hard. It's just unfamiliar. Yeah. You haven't learned it yet. Yeah. 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 And that, that teacher that I had would let you know. And I appreciated yeah. that. Like years later, it let me know. Like, um, he'd always say, don't settle. If you, yeah. And that, that taught me a lot to expect yeah. more of myself. Um, and he never beat me, which kudos to him. Well, that's really good. Many lessons I deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Well, and, and to yeah. you teachers out there, you know, if you're, if you're scrambling for an idea, um, you know, for a student who hasn't practiced, there's always tuning. Yeah. exercises you can do you know tuning where you play the fundamental together and the student plays the third the fifth mm. and the octave and then they hold a note and you do the third the fifth and the octave you can you know spend a good 15 minutes right. working on tuning can work in our on articulation overtones and things like that yeah 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 Absolutely. but as a student yeah i love that initiative yeah uh going in there no, and, yeah and, questions and, and even if your, your teacher says i don't think we should work on that piece yet they're gonna yeah. appreciate that like hey i saw this cool thing on youtube could i try this yeah 
And I think as teachers, we need to be not so worried. No, no, that's a second year master's piece. Yeah. Like, like, well, let's learn a couple phrases. What's well, not going to hurt anything? Well, I have. I usually let students play a piece um, if they like the piece, because I figure if it's really too hard for them, it'll become it'll become apparent pretty soon. Yeah. And we can work on a little bit of it. And then when Why it's not? too hard, then you know they can put yeah. it on the shelf. But you never ever know when a student liking a piece might make them practice it really hard. Yeah. And I am surprised sometimes pieces that I think, oh, they're not going to be able to play that. But they really love it, and they play it a lot better than I thought they would, yes. and it's so good for their playing. And you don't have to play it at professional performance level right. to get something out of it. Right. And that's that's kind of my pet peeve with a lot of tempo markings that are on our music, right? Mm -hmm. That they're so fast. And the music often will be fine at two, three, four clicks slower. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, but they're like, ah, oh, but it says 152. And I'm like, yeah, but Yeah, it but you bought be. the music, so it's yours. Yeah, right. They can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> Don't take C-Baxi's publishing company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a tip for being a better student that I actually learned from my mentor while I was a student. I was an adult taking lessons with Michael Hester um, in the mountains of Tucson, foothills, really. Um, and he would tell me, he had this giant notebook, like this three-ring binder yeah. filled with lessons handouts and tons of handwritten notes. And what wow. he would do when he would take his lessons, um, he got his bachelor's at Indiana with Eugene Rousseau. He would go into a lesson. He would take the lesson and when he'd get out, he would sit in the hallway. I may be making up the hallway point, but he would immediately find somewhere quiet to sit, maybe a bench yeah. and write down what he learned. And that's I thought brilliant. that's why he was one of the smartest men I, I, I knew. Yeah. Um, he, he just, I had the respect for his mentors that he wasn't looking for pats on the head. He wasn't looking for, oh, I did really well in my lesson, which we all kind of want to leave feeling. Sure. He would immediately go down and write down the takeaways from that yeah, lesson. That's brilliant. And he had that in this in this binder years later. And I thought, and he told me that while I was studying, he wasn't telling Wally, you should be taking notes too. Um, but then um, as I was studying with him, I started jotting some notes down of, of my takeaway lessons from him. That's a great idea. I have had some students who keep notebooks and they'll stop every once in a while during a lesson yes. to write something down. And I'm always pretty impressed. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. So that's yeah. a way, that's a great tip for being a better yeah. student. And if you're going to drop, you know, $60 an hour or more right. on lessons, right. why not write that down? Yeah. You know? So at least at the very least, write down your assignment. So you know <laughs> what you're supposed to practice. Right. right? Absolutely. That, that I sort of skipped right over that, but let's, let's not assume that you get out of your lesson and, the next day you're going to practice, or even two days later, like, oh, wait a minute, what did they assign? A anytime a student <laughs> takes notes in a lesson, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, that's a sharp kid. Yes, because yeah. you won't remember it all. No. There's no way none yeah. of Yeah, and then years later, how cool is it to have that yes. notebook? And then, like, when you know your, your student years from then wants to learn that piece, it's like, oh, here's what my mentor told me. Yeah. And I think it's a really cool thing. And all the stuff we talk about, like, if we're working on articulation with a student and specific things we have them give a try at, mm -hmm. um, wow, if they wrote that down... Yeah, that's great. Yeah, great advice. Yeah, initiative. It all goes back to that. Yeah. Hey, hey we got um, we have got questions. We got questions. Right, let me open the oh gosh. Mailbag. Hope we have any answers here, Wally. Right, pull it out. Parchment okay. written Oof. in quill. First is a repeat <laughs> question, a follow-up question from okay. um, Zoe from Arkansas, um, who we talked about and did take our advice and is sticking with it. Van Doren mouthpiece that we talked about. Oh, I think that's that. really, really a good she's choice. She's on vacation, yeah. but she's going to send a video of playing that we're going to help her out with. And Great. This, this offer goes to all of you. Um, but her question is, I've been thinking about finding a tenor sax as a second horn. Now remember, she's a brand new player. Yeah. Should I hold off 
or focus on learning with my alto at this stage rather than jumping back and forth between the two? What do you think? I think she should get more experience on one instrument yes. before adding a second instrument. It's like having to switch too many mouthpieces and then yeah. you add a, a different horn. Um, it'd be great to get a tenor someday, but oh man, stick with your alto. It would be my advice. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, totally. I think that's a short answer and doesn't need much elaboration. Yeah. Learned learned at least a basic level of mastery of one instrument before you oh, switch yeah. in. Because it, it is a little confusing on the embouchure, even though the fingerings are the same. Yeah. The hand position's not exactly the yeah. same, right? And the embouchure is a little different. And you blow like a different mouthpiece pitch. Because Santine Runyon taught us. Well, and, and I mean, at the very least, if you're going to switch instruments, maybe get the same kind of mouthpiece on the other instrument. I'm yeah. not sure. I would hold off. Yeah. I, I mean, if you get a fantastic deal and you can't leave it right. in the store, uh, maybe get it. But, you know, there's going to be another fantastic right. deal in a few years. I think we need to, to, to master the fundamentals on one. I really think so, Because the fundamentals, yeah. and learning that voicing that we talked about, the, the yeah. way we use our oral stream or oral cavity, they're very different on tenor and alto. They are, and if you get really good on alto, then it'll be easier to get really good on tenor. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. That so, would be my Zoe, advice, yeah. we do not want to be a fly in the ointment. No. But we recommend wait. Wait. Because there's so much fun you can have on one oh, yeah. horn. Absolutely. So d- d- not yet. And then save the money and... Um, yeah. And buy more more cool alto stuff. There you go. Or, I don't know, gourmet burgers. That's what I spend my money on. <laughs> the fancy goat. It's got goat cheese and oh, red pepper jelly. Oh, that so sounds good. great. All right, now, this is actually a question um, from a Reddit user. I posted, so Reddit. in the last episode, we talked about um, overtones and the question of how do you start playing overtones. And I talked about that. Well, I uploaded, I'll put a link in the show notes, I uploaded a demonstration of how to get started in overtones. It's on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Well, I, I shared this with Reddit, and I um, got a couple of um, thank yous. Nice. People that found it useful. A and then I have, the back there is Then good. I have a question from, our, um, from one of the users whose username, no clue what I'm doing. Oh, that's um, so honest. <laughs> yeah, that's my spirit animal. Right. Uh, and, yeah, and they ask, any reason your overtone is so much sharper than the regular note when you first did that slurring exercise? So the first exercise was me slurring from middle B-flat to low B-flat, just to show from going for that B-flat to right. slurring to the overtone. Uh, and they go on to say, I work out of the Cinta book, good for you. And one thing he talks about is pitch matching and making sure the overtone is perfectly in tune with the rest of the horn. That's a great book. Yeah. I love the Cinta Dabney. Yeah. Someone could be a master. And I can still appreciate a different approach. Yeah. Um, so here's the reason. The reason that the overtone is sharper is because the overtone is sharper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the way acoustics work. It's the right. long tube of the horn, that giant vented note. So that I wanted to, the video was for first steps. Right. And yes, I can voice that B flat into tune. You I can. can. Vo- I can voice it probably a half step lower. You can, but if name, it comes yeah. out naturally, it's going to be sharp. My, yeah. I didn't want students venturing into overtones to worry about voicing down yeah. a near quarter tone to yeah. get it in tune. I just wanted to show yeah. how to get the first overtone out. Yeah, so that's like the beginner approach. Yes, yeah. and here's the thing. If I were to bring it in tune, as I'm slurring from the middle B flat to the low B flat, uh, to get that overtone out, I would have to preemptively voice way down yeah. right as I'm switching and I don't want my students doing that. Right. So as they're learning overtones, I don't want them worrying about pitch first. And right. having read the the Senta slash Dabney, and there's some debate as to how much of that book is Dabney and how much is actually 
Cinta. Got it. Um, and there's a lot of debate among some of the finest players. I'm not going to drag anyone's name into no. this. But I've had friends ask some very prominent Cinta students, like very prominent, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, who, and they're somewhat <laughs> unsure of, like, when you're practicing overtones, do you worry about intonation or do you worry about just getting it out in clear and full force? Because a lot of these overtones are naturally going to be very out of tune. Yes, you can learn to voice them in tune, but I don't think it's always necessary to get the benefit of practicing overtones. Yeah, and when you're saying in tune, so then you have to think about what do you mean by in tune? Do you mean in tune with the equal-tempered piano? Mm. Or do you mean in tune with the natural overtone series? Yeah. And well, I think I'm in tune with my middle B flat, which is probably flat. Well, I was understood, actually, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. Had, I had 30 minutes to do the playing. To, and this is, and just, now I'm making excuses. That's all very yeah. loaded, though, the whole in tune for yeah. me. I played a lot of music by Ben Johnston with you know the just intonation, oh, oh, yes. extended just intonation. And, and Ben would say, I just want it in tune. But he meant, you know, not in tune the way the piano is in mm. tune or not in tune the way your tuner on your phone or your little tuner thing is. Right. But really in tune with like the overtones. And then, of course, there are so many different kinds of right. tuning systems. So you open a whole can of worms. With well, that. that's so interesting. That's like, I yeah. So like, yeah. and this is a tough, this is a, let's talk about that next time. Yeah. Intonation, training intonation, Woo. stuff like that, because uh, yeah. uh, F sharp is not F sharp. No. In in the way we play music, F sharp, if it's the, the root, will be tuned differently than if you're in the key of G, or it's yeah, the seventh. And, and if you're playing in pian- with a piano versus mm-hmm. if you're playing with another saxophone yeah. versus whether you're playing in a saxophone quartet, you have to play these notes in different right. places. So we had a really a fun experience once in Austria with a saxophone ensemble, and everybody took the tuner and tuned their note and then we played the chord and it was awful yeah <laughs> yeah it's a reference for one bitch yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. was awful because that's not how tuning yeah. works so well, yeah to, to answer this this, okay. this yeah this uh this reddit user's no clue question what i'm doing either because the overtone is naturally sharp and that's how it comes out and that's yeah. what i wanted to show what yeah. it's going to sound like for the beginners i can voice it in tune because I've... and you can apparently you have some clue what you're doing no clue what i'm doing yeah so, <laughs> so it, go it was, for it. was yeah. a good question fair question uh, yeah. fair question and it it's was and noticeably sharper and so good ear, yeah. good for good for yeah. noticing and good, good question. Yeah. Um, next time, throw in some compliments towards me. I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can just read it. It's not that is not going to be the place for no, fluffy, right? fluffy, happy stuff. Yeah. What is it? R slash I am very smart is what. Oh, my, that's subreddit. My yeah. daughter is always <laughs> quoting. <laughs> it's a great place for snark. Yeah, I like the subreddit wholesome memes where Aww. where it makes you feel good. That's lots of, good. Lots of cat yeah. pictures. Yeah, we need more of that in the world. We do. So go look yeah. at cat pictures. I will put um, some links <laughs> to that that overturn video and some of the other things we talked about in the show notes. Great. Um, and if you have any questions, please do email us. Yeah, we love questions. Our social media. Um, easy comments email are is, okay too. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. Uh, Wally at gatecitysax.com. Oh, oh, this is exciting. <laughs> so for the two questions we uh, answer, uh, we read. Uh, Sue has a gift. I do. So in 2009, I put a CD out on Innova Records called Into Worlds. Mm -hmm. Title track is Into Worlds by Morton Sabotnik, which is a phenomenal piece, big piece, 18 minutes long by Morton Sabotnik, one of the pioneers of electronic music. It's a gorgeous piece. Um, And it's this CD. um, So 2009 was kind of when... Nobody was really buying CDs much anymore. Yeah. It was just CDs were just not really selling. 
But it was before we had all these great streaming and online yeah. services. So this CD came out at sort of an unfortunate time. And of all the recordings I've ever made, I have to say this is one that I still really I actually like to listen to, believe it or not. Yes, <laughs> you know how it I is. do believe it. It's a fantastic it, CD. Yeah, it's great. And so the Into Worlds is a great title track because, of course, it lives in two worlds, in the acoustic world. So I'm playing an acoustic saxophone, obviously, uh, recorded with effects it sometimes <laughs> during the CD. And then, but with the electronic stuff by the composers. And there's music on here by Reg Bain, Mark Engerbretson, Ed Campion, fabulous piece pieces, all of these. Um, Judith Shayton. James Paul Sane and uh, John Anthony Lennon's Eterna, which is gorgeous. Eterna, that is a really dreamy, wonderful piece, the Eterna. The Eterna. And the reason I'm so familiar with the recording is I put that on my final doctoral recital. Ah, great choice. And, and my reference recording was yours. Woohoo! Well, John Anthony Lennon came to Greensboro and worked with us on that recording. So that is a composer helped and approved and recording. It's, it's beautiful. It's a really, and then, it's really cool. then a certain um, saxophonist and composer who worked with you and Lennon on that helped doing the sound for my doctoral recital. Get out. Yeah. Mark, How cool is Mark that? Bretson and uh, I believe it was Anna Meters. Oh, Anna and Mark worked with you on that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. So, so I got a, a sound uh, approaching what you got with. Having of worked course, with Mark and yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. well, that's cool. Yeah. Was... But anyway, so the thing is, the the short story is, I have boxes of the CD in my cellar because you didn't really sell CDs at that time. Yeah. I think it's it's up available online and everything like that. But um, I would love to give some of these away to listeners who are sending in questions and yeah. hope that they would enjoy it and have some way to play a CD. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. So Zoe and Mr. No, I don't doing, they're coming your no way. I will reach out for mailing addresses and huge Fantastic. thanks to Yeah, right. no, my pleasure. I love this CD and I hope you guys like it too. Oh, I, I, yeah. no, I love it. Hey. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you um, in a couple weeks. It's summer. It's summer. So maybe a little bit of delay, but we are not going away. We are not going anywhere. We, we somehow will find a babysitter and, and soon we'll <laughs> get back from doing awesome world travel. There and, you uh, go. and we'll be back soon. <laughs> Take right. care. Bye, everyone. Bye.